Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Worthy to be praised. Worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. Amen. All right, for a few moments, I'll be on YouTube. Can you hear me? Okay. I can hear you. Okay. I just want to make sure. Okay, talk to me again. Let me hear me. All right. Say something. Because it sounded like you had an echo. That's in my too. Is an echo? Can you hear me? Uh, say it again. Yeah. It's, it's a okay. little feedback, a little bit. I hear just a little bit of okay. echo, a little bit. Not a lot. All right, give me a minute. Let me turn my phone. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We're going to go ahead and get started because it's 9 07. Hallelujah. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. We are starting our podcast. Welcome to the Mantle of Prayer. Amen. Thank you for joining us tonight on our podcast called Mantle of Prayer. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I want to ask you to uh, turn your Bibles to the book of Jude. It's the book right before Revelations, Jude, J-U-D-E, book of Jude, right before you get to Revelations. It's one of the smallest uh, books in the Bible, the book of Jude, right before you get to Revelations. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen, amen. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for the word of God tonight. We thank you, God, for what you've done all day long. We thank you for the Holy Ghost. We thank you for keeping us in perfect peace with a mind that stayed on you. We thank you, God, for this day that we have seen and we will never see again. We thank you for the blood of Jesus that keeps us and holds us and washes us in the palm of your hand. God, hide us tonight behind the cross. It's your cross, God. But hide us in such a way that the enemy that cannot detect us in the name of Jesus. God, hide us in a way, hallelujah, that the Holy Ghost covers us from 
the crown of our heads to the bottom of our feet hide us in a way that only you can see and detect us in the realm of the spirit. And we say that no weapon formed against us shall prosper, and every word that rises up in judgment, we shall condemn it, God. We thank you, God, for opening our eyes, our spiritual eyes that we might see, that we will look and hear our our spiritual, spiritual sense so that we can sense the enemy coming, hallelujah, in the realm of the spirit. We thank you, God, for the Holy Ghost. God, teach us how to go into the word of God and give it out a word that you want them to know. God, I tell Glenda, decease and desist now in the name of Jesus, that I am no longer Glenda, but I'm now surrounded and pompousing by the word of God in the name of Jesus. And we thank you, God, that when we come out, we come out with fire, we come out with a new anointing, we come out with a new thought in you, Jesus, because, God, we can't make it without you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. Amen. The scriptures tonight come from the book of Jude, J-U-D-E. It is the book right before you get to Revelations. The book of Jude, J-U-D-E. It is the book right before you get to Revelations. Amen. Um, I'm not sure, but I think this is the shortest book in the Bible, Jude. This book here, amen, was written um, from where I can search the scriptures that it was written um, by um, um, Jesus' brother, amen. He was the half-brother of Jesus. And he only really understood who Jesus was uh, only after his um, his half brother um, Jesus had died, and he would was revealed to him that who he was and why he came. And um, this again one of the shortest books in the Bible. But could you imagine that having a half brother? named Jesus Christ, that created the universe. Amen. Uh, this kind of person that I walk with and I talk with, I prayed with, I I ran through bushes with, um, and I got to know, I got to see the Almighty God um, from a different perspective in the name of Jesus. Amen. It is a fact that Jesus had other um, brothers and sisters in the Bible. He was not an only child. Amen. But he was the firstborn. Amen. And he was a a man that was born of a woman. But there was no biological father um, on the earth at that moment. Amen. And uh, the concept of knowing who Christ is. And by the time we get to the book of Jude, um, Jude began to have a conversation um, with this church, these people. And it actually begins to say how he was writing this book 
but somehow the Holy Spirit changed his whole mindset um, towards his thinking. And he began to write as an utterance of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Again, this book was written by Jesus' half-brother. Amen. And he walked with him and he talked with him. And this book was written because at this time, again, um, he was writing a letter. But the Holy Spirit changed his mind as to what he was writing. And he began to understand, God began to reveal some things to him about what was happening in the church, in the ecclesiastic church. And he was giving them a warning about what was happening and that how we must really proclaim the gospel and follow his instructions because the people were coming to church, but they were coming in to the church, not the building, but the, the church um, in order to do their own thing, um, to take the gospel and twist it so that it wasn't exactly how God's church was supposed to be. And so he wrote um, uh, in Jude, uh, and he began to tell them uh, what was going on in the last days. Isn't it amazing? There are two men in the Bible. One was called Jude, which was the half-brother of Jesus. And there was Judas, who was the one that portrayed Christ. Amen. And um, one, like I said, one was one, his half-brother, and Judas was the one that um, went ahead and um, allowed the people to let know which one was the Christ so they could crucify him. Amen. Um, again, this is a very short, short book. Um, but it's power-packed, and it's telling the church what they're doing wrong and what they're doing right and what to look for in the last days of the Bible. Amen. Um, again, that name Judas or, or Judah, amen. Also Jude comes from the same word, um, Judah, um, phrase. Amen. Um, the book of Jude was, um, I, I can't even imagine just think about having a brother who was, had the DNA, almost all the DNA except for the part of Jesus in the Bible, um, would be with him. Um, and this message will be called Praying in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Um, this is the title God gave me. It's called Praying in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Again, this was the half-brother uh, of Jesus. And uh, the church at that time was getting ready to have some issues because people were coming in and they were coming in for gain. They were coming in for money. They were coming in for power. They come in to create confusion in the church. And this is what um, 
Jude, um, God told him to write um, and about the church and what was going to happen. Amen. Father, we thank you for the word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Starts out by saying in Jude, first verse, he said, Jude, the servant of Jesus. Amen. The Christ. The brother of James. And to them that are sanctified by God the Father and to preserve in Jesus Christ and call. Amen. So first of all, it, it tells you about sanctification. Sanctification means to be set aside for the master's use. Sanctified is a period of process of cleansing and purifying um, the Spirit of God. So he speaks of um, of sanctification or cleansing process in the old church. That's all they talked about was being sanctified. Now today, a church is the modern-day church. They don't really talk too much about sanctification. They talk about money. They talk about finances. They're talking about um, a lot of things, but you really don't hear a lot of churches today preaching on sanctification, uh, sanctification and living holy and um, doing what the Bible says you do to do. But there are three blessings in the church. It was talking about the three blessings. One was sanctification, and then the second one was uh, be preservation, okay, that you set aside and you're waiting for God. And the callings on your life once you give your life to Christ. And this what um, God was talking to Jude um, to write down about sanctification, being preserved in Jesus Christ and being called by him. Then it says, verse 2, it says, mercy unto you and peace and love be multiplied. Mercy. Mercy is God's unmerited favor. Mercy is that God doesn't really have to do it, but because of his love and his desire to make us happy, um, he gives us mercy. Or even if you make mistakes, you can turn around and say, Lord, forgive me, and then you go back to do what you're doing because God has forgiven you. But he not only says mercy um, to you, to love to you, but it says that I'm going to multiply my mercy unto you. I'm going to multiply the mercies of God to you, the church. Amen. Um, He says, but, number three, he says, but, beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you, and common salvation, it was needful to me to write unto you and exalt you that ye should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto you to the saints. Amen. Basically, all that really means is the rest preservation means 
he wants to put us in a place that we know where we are spiritually with him, okay? He wants us to be careful but know that God is on our side. He doesn't want us to walk in sin. He doesn't want us to end up being in judgment. And he says he wants us to be preserved in him, okay? Not just do any old kind of thing, just say any kind of thing. Um, because at this time, there was some pro- false prophets as well that were coming around and they were creating confusion in the church. And so here was a warning um, to the people that, that, that sin was creeping into the church. Number four, it says this, for there are a certain men, okay, creepeth in aware who were before of old ordained this condemnation ungodly, running the grace of our God into lasciviousness. So I looked up that word, um, lasciviousness. It's a long word, but I looked up that word lasciviousness to find out what it means. So, because he's telling um, the church that they're going to act like they have, they are uh, in lasciviousness. And that word lasciviousness means the church will become lustful. The church will have no chastening power. They will do whatever they want to do when they get ready to do it. Said the church will have be a wanton disregard of doing anything right. In other words, they were filthy-minded, filthy thoughts, did what they wanted to do. They partake in anything that was ungodly. They were lewd. They would be half-naked. They would dance all kind of fornications. They would um, tend to false sexual immorality and lust within the church. They would act like they were worldly and not like godly. They would avoid uh, true Christendom and at, at all costs. Now, this is what he, um, Jude, was uh, uh, telling the church uh, what the church at this point was going to become. Okay. Because remember, the Jews and the Greeks were different people, different countries, different dominations. But these sinners had crept into the church, even like now. For example, when you see a lot of people, um, one time when they started doing the, the praise dancing, they weren't praise dancing with holiness. They were praise dancing, and some of them you'd see their 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 behinds were hanging out. They bent over. You'd see the bosoms hanging out. You'd have these men with these tight, tight, tight pants, um, because the sin was creeping in the church. Um, but they're doing it in such a way that it would look like the Holy Spirit, but it wasn't the Holy Spirit. And here. 
Jude was telling the church that church that they were coming in to basically to destroy what God had had for his people and he was warning them amen that sin was creeping in the church uh, men with with men and women with women um all kinds of things husbands and and going with other wives and all these things were coming in to the church it says the men that said things were creeping unaware sneaky underhanded unaware who were before of old in other words they used to do it a long time ago Remember years ago when sin came in, and then the men, the angels wanted the uh, the, the the men and and all this other stuff. They were just going crazy, doing whatever they wanted to do. They were um, following strange gods. Well, it was the same kind of atmosphere, the same like it is now. You have children, uh, kids. People are telling these kids they can be male or female. They can be heterosexual. They can be this. They can be that. They can do this. So it, it's the same kind of situation, again, that was happening um, years ago um, because the church had lost, began to lose its standards. They didn't care. The ungodliness, it says here, it says un, an, uh, uncondemnation. They were ungodly men. They were turning um the grace of our God. They were turning the grace away into lasciviousness, all kind of demonic forces, all this kind of demonic things. Uh, they had a, a temple called Diana, and Diana would go, and they would have all this ungodly sex in the temple, um, especially in the bigger cities. They just did whatever they wanted to, and they saw uh, Christ, they saw the situations, but they choose to do what they wanted to do. They were walking in lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God. So they were denying God. They were just doing what they wanted to do. And our Lord Jesus Christ. So they just was just going hog wild. They did what they wanted to do. They wanted to sin. They wanted to fornicate. They wanted to lie. They wanted to cheat. This is at the end of the Bible now. This is this is by the end of time. Christ is getting ready to come back. And God's teaching us that even the last days, here now, the same thing that happened in the beginning when the children of Israel were out in the desert, they did what they wanted to do, they created their own God, that they got tired of um, Rosen, um, um, Moses coming down to the mountain, they didn't know when he was going to come, so they decided what they were going to do. It's the same principle, the same thing, and here uh, Jude, the brother, the half-brother of Christ, getting ready to write him an expo of, of something that God had told him to do. But now he's telling him, look here, I want, I'm going to want you to preach again, teach again what's going to happen in the last days, um, that the grace of God, because of the lasciviousness, because of the sin nature, because of degradation, because of all these evil forces, amen, that 
church but end up in the same situation again. Number five says this, and I will therefore put you in remembrance, though ye once knew this, how that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterwards destroying them and the belief and believe not. Now, the same thing, God's letting them know that when I put you in the desert, I gave you 40 days to do what you wanted to do, and I, I, I brought you out, and we still would go all over again, and now you have the same, uh, you have another generation of people. This was not just a little bit of people, but if you search the scriptures, that there was millions of people that were out in the desert, but a whole generation of people had died except for Joshua and Caleb. He let them regenerate. They had the old ones die and the new ones generate. And after this new generation, he made a way for an escape for them. Okay. And here God's doing the same thing again. And he talked about this in the book of Jude again. Now he told them, he brought them out, and now they're going through the same thing again. Okay. Number six says this, and the angel which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation. So the angels left their habitation, and he hath reserved an everlasting chains under darkness to the judgment for the great day. So there will be the judgment and the day for these angels that were not worshiping God. This was sin. This was sin. Knock down, drag out sin. The sin nature again of God's people. Um, because, again, God will deliver and go back and sin, deliver and go back and sin. And here at the end of this, this chapter, it's saying they're going through the same process of sin that we're going to suffer. Verse 7 says this, even as uh, Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them, in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication. I don't understand. It seems like one of the the biggest, I can't say the biggest sin, but sin is sin. But it seems like of the things, the man's nature is just to sin. Um, well, you got lying, you got cheating, you got you got to do everything. But something about um, the sin nature of fornication that you won't be um, you won't be um, uh, faithful to yourself, but you'd rather be faithful um, to everybody else. But God knows that is a sin for some reason. Um, us as a people, um, whether black or white, that's one of the issues. Fornication is used as sometimes even in homosexuality, that a perverse 
sin. Um, that heterosexual sin, that means sex between opposite sex as well. But the idea of fornication, that flesh takes precedence over your relationship with Christ. Now, we know when we're young, hormones flare up and things go wrong, and it's not an excuse. But there are people that were sitting in the desert that were older people, like today. There are a lot of older people. They still have not found Christ. They still don't realize that Christ is there to love them and help them and cherish them. And the least we could do is give them their obedience and make our body get under subjection of the Holy Spirit. So men will fornicate and die, but also it talks about the uh, perseverance of angels, and they will um, end up in darkness as well for sinning against God. Okay. Now, one of the words in the Bible is apostasy. That apostasy means that I would rather do everything else but follow God. I would rather go to church and, and make a way and do all these finances and do all these things. But what about the souls that need to be saved? What What are we living for? Are we living for temporal? Are we looking for eternal? Okay. And it is a fact. That over the years, um, our fathers, our mothers, our grandfathers, they all had a time they grew up and they, they, they learned how to pray and trust God. But it seems like as generations go, go by, um, they seem as if over and over again they tend to walk to go back and sin. Uh, it looks like sin is fun, but down the line it takes a toll on your body. It takes a toll on your spirit. It takes a toll on your mind. And at the end of the day, that we're not judging you, but the word of God will judge you. Amen. So now, let's go with verse 9. It says, Yet Michael, the archangel, um, when contending with the devil, he disputed about the body of Moses durst not bring against him a really accusation, and the Lord rebuked him. So here is talking about when Michael, um, the archangel, he's the warrior in heaven. He was the warrior, and he, well, here was a dispute for the body of Moses. Okay. Now, there is nowhere existence that ever tell you there is where the, the actual body of Moses is. But here the enemy is warring in the spirit against Michael, the archangel, over the body of Moses. The Bible says that Michael, that says that um, Moses was considered a friend of God, and that was the only one that says in the Bible, that uh, he was a friend of God. So here we have a nation or a people realizing that God is in control. But even in the last days of this Bible, it's saying that 
the people began to sin and sin and sin and sin crept in the church. It seemed like uh, you had more bingo playing in the church today. I don't know about all the churches, but for years you see more um, uh, bingo playing in the church. You see more um, churches giving out uh, numbers over the pulpit for the lottery. Um, you have all these gambling things. And even when I just studied, we just studied um, the other week, a couple weeks ago, that that the that the uh, soldiers, they fought and gambled over um, um, God's um, clothing, you know. Um, so, uh, but God asked them, he said, God, forgive them not. So um, God wants us to love him with our old heart. We can't be one way this minute and one way another minute um, because Surely as we live here, um, one day this body that we have will die, okay? The outer man, it will die. It will, it will decease. It will die. It will go to the ground, okay? And when that body goes into the ground, the part of you that's your intellect, your, your love, your hate, your laughter, um, that part of you, um, that is your soul, amen. And then you have the other part where you have an opportunity to give your life to Christ or you have an opportunity to go to hell, whichever decision you want to make, okay. But all of us are going to go that way. Um, and God knows our hearts. God knows what we do. God knows what we say. God knows how we live. And we will have to answer of God for ourselves. But here, he's reminding the church that in the last days, that there will be such a ruckus in the church, that church church folks will fall out with each other, that church folks won't live holy, that church folks will do whatever they want to do. Church folks will create such a mess so you don't know who's who and where's where. Um, the Baptists don't like the Pentecostal. The Pentecostals don't, don't like the holiness. The holiness want the seven-day Adventist to, um, 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 because they're a division between the body of Christ. Okay. Um, the body of Christ meaning those that are accept, uh, filling, uh, being filled with the Holy Ghost, uh, uh, having a relationship with Christ. Um, uh, not the other stuff. Uh, um, you can treat somebody happy, but will they go to heaven or will they go to hell? Um, you can preach, teach Bible study till you're falling on the ground and the anointing everywhere, but will that person go to heaven or hell? Um, um, we could do everything what we want to do, look good, smell good, but Will that thing let you get into heaven or to hell? Here was the church in the last day, but they were fighting amongst each other that who had the most power, that who had the most money, who has the most members, um, who uh, 
uh, I mean, it was just such a mess. And the church had lust in the church. Again, like I said, um, they had the, the praise dancers, and then you have preachers that are go and sit on the pulpit with their pants so tight that you can look in their, their pants to see what they have in their pants. Or you see preachers will go on the pulpit um, with fright dresses that you know um, you can just look straight up their pants because um, they were decided they wanted to be like the world. They didn't want to be like Christ. Um, it was like having morals. The church uh, had turned back um, from loving God and having immorality um, everywhere like uh, Sodom and Gomorrah. Um, the church was doing its own thing. Um, um, the church uh, had decided that um, no matter what's going to happen, um, I'm going to do it this way. I'm going to do it that way. But I want you to realize this, that God is in control. He recognizes all the ungodliness. He understands the godliness. He knows what we're doing. He knows what we're thinking. Even when we're sleeping, God knows the mind of us. There's nothing, the Bible says there's nothing hidden under the sound of our voice. Um, there's nothing in our mind and the crevices of our mind that can be hidden. Um, you can go on the other side of town and fornicate and you can come back to the other side of town and look like nobody don't know what you're doing. But God says there's nothing hidden under the sun today. Even sanctification. Uh, when we grew up, we always talked about sanctification and they would take us go to the front row and tell them to call on him, baby. Call until Jesus comes. Um, um, because God wanted us to be cleansed. He wanted us to be clean inside and the outside. He wanted us to where we can live um, um, for him. But right now, you really don't hear anybody talking about sanctification. They talk about the lottery. They talk about money. They talk about um, uh, marriage two and three, four times. It talks about um, everything else. But the church is not preaching holiness. The church is not uh, preaching living for him. The church is not preaching um, um, we want to live for him, walk like him, talk like him, be like him. Um, I want to be a mirror image to God. I want to know I have the Holy Ghost. And how do you know whether you have the Holy Ghost? Well, you're speaking with other tongues. Amen. Hallelujah. But even the enemy has a bogus way of act speaking tongues, but it is not God. Come on. I've heard some preachers. They, 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 they have that, that spirit, but you know, uh, something about you can't hide whether or not you're filled with the Holy Ghost. It might feel like it. Hallelujah. But there are people there that are filled with the Holy Ghost can recognize whether you're speaking in tongues or not or you're just making noise. Amen. And sometimes people do just, just make noise. Hallelujah. But the Holy Ghost in us ought to fire us up. The Holy Ghost uh, make us want to do right, be right. 
and it's something about lust. I, I don't know. It's the lust of the eyes. Um, I, if, when you look at a person long enough, you might see some things like you 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 want in them. Um, um, but it's just the enemy trying to trick you um, out of your blessing. And then when you get hooked up and tapped up and right up in them, then you mess up. You lose everything that God has given to you because you've given it away um, because of your fleshly needs. But um, when you get older, those things really don't matter. If you love a person, um, you love a person. God says to love one another. In fact, it tells you to stay with that one of your youth. Amen. Um, I mean, if, if you can't, anyway. But um, that's what the Bible says. So um, it's no accident that towards the end of the Bible he's talking about the lust and sin and degradation and lying and cheating and fornicating and backbiting um, um, because he's trying to tell the church that the prophets will come in the church and bleed you dry, that the prophets will come in and you don't know whether you fill with the Holy Ghost. The, People will come in the church and bleed you right, and they'll say, woe unto me, um, and, 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 and because you don't know God, you don't have a relationship with Christ. See, you, you can go to church, but do you really know him? You can go to church every day, every hour, every second, but do you have a relationship? And how you know the difference? Well, the difference is when you really have a relationship you might curse, but eventually you ought to stop cursing. Um, uh, when, you, when you know God at the end, you should know how to tell the truth and not lie. When you know, when you re- now you really know the Holy Ghost, hallelujah, uh, that there's promises and the promises that he gives us. And then at the end of this text, number 12, I'm sorry, 20, this will be closed out by saying this. He says, um, 20, says this, but ye, beloved, so he's talking um, then, he says, but ye, but look, beloved, building up yourself, build up yourself, Jude, build up yourself on your most holy faith. Holy faith. They speak about faith a lot, but they barely mention the word holy and faith at the same time. It says faith is the subject of things that are hoped for and the evidence not seen. But holiness is right according to the word of God. Some people say, oh, I can't be holy. I can't live holy. But the Bible says that be ye holy for I am holy. When you give your life to Christ, line upon line and precept upon precept, there's nowhere in the Bible that says that we cannot be holy. The Bible says, be ye holy for I am holy. He's speaking from the perspective of Jesus Christ himself. So if he said it, that settles it. If he said it in the word of God, it's a dumb deal. If he said it, we have to believe what he said. 
he said, But ye, beloved, beloved Jude, you, Jude, half brother of Jesus, building, that means a moving, a moving action, building up yourself. So, Jude, build up yourself in your holy faith. Build up and believe that what the Word of God says is true. Build up in this area because the enemy is coming in to try to tear down the church, tear down the building, tear down the religion, and tear down those things uh, to try to make surely the church be unholy, unsanctified, full of lasciviousness, uh, full of sin, uh, full of lying, full of cheating, full of backbiting, uh, full of lotto, full of this. This is unholy and unacceptable in the Word of God. He says, and I will therefore put you in remembrance, though ye once knew this, how that the Lord having saved the people out of the land of Egypt. So at one time before, children of Israel, you went back into slavery and sin because of your own fault, and I brought you out again and again and again. And I remind you now that you're walking in the same place right before Revelation. You're walking in the same mess. You're walking in the same lying, the same cheating, the same backbiting, and the sin in the camp is in the church. Sin in the camp, lasciviousness, sin, doing all kinds of things, men against men and women with women, doing anything ungodly. And, and this is what's happening in the church towards the end. No morality. No moral compass. What is moral compass? Your moral compass is what your moral is what you know to do is right. That is your moral compass. Your moral means I know what's right. And when I say I have the Holy Spirit, my moral compass is I follow the star of David, of Jesus Christ, because I have a moral compass to follow him. Now, immoral compass says do whatever you want to do when you get ready. Say what you want to say when you get ready. Go where you want to go when you get ready. Living like uh, 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 this that they did years ago, um, whether the angels wanted to have sex um, with the people, all kinds of stuff. Uh, they would go into the to the places of immorality and do all kinds of things, smoke and get high and drink and, and animals. They had sex with animals. They would do all kinds of things. They call it bestiality. All this stuff was going on. That was lasciviousness now, and that's what's happening now. 
when you have a woman wanting to go in the bathroom or the man's bathroom, or the men's bathroom wants to go in the men, the woman's bathroom, or just whoever bathroom want to go in there when you get ready. That is lasciviousness. When you want to put on a pair of pants and dress look like men. Okay, you can go into the ladies' department and get men, uh, women's pants, and most of them have a a button on the other side, so you can tell the difference between male pants and female pants. But at this time, the church is saying uh, there's no morals, and the immorality is not just outside of the church, but the immorality now is within the church, and so I'm going to I'm going to rob you dry. I'm going to bleed you for every dime. I'm going to uh, tell you that I need to give it to the poor, and, and but the, it may not get to the poor because people at this time in this church, right there in this book of Jews, is telling them that all this sin, all these forthcomings, all these things that was going on in the church, but we have to hold a standard of morality in Christ. So when I walk in sanctification, I will not do what they say they do because I am sanctified. I am set apart for the master's view. I no longer my own, but I change my ownership. I change the play, the way that I think. I change my mentality. I'm changing my thought process. I'm changing because of the Word of God is in me thoroughly, not around me, not through me, but the Holy Ghost has taken up residence in this body now. I've moved in, and not just I've moved in to my body, but the whole host of heaven, the host of heaven on the heavens and heaven above is now live inside of me, and therefore sanctification lives inside of me. Holiness lives inside of me so that I cannot do what I used to do because I take on Moral standards being sanctified by the nature of God. And that's what God wants us to do. But ye beloved, he says, building yourself up on your most holy faith. Holy, sanctified faith. Hallelujah. Praying in the Holy Ghost. So here we come. The Bible talks about praying in the Holy Ghost. So when now you have, you know the process that he's talking about of not being sinful, sin nature, lying and cheating. But now we end the text. He's saying to here in a holy place. And now you're sanctified, you're filled with the Holy Ghost, and you now have the capacity to speak in other tongues, as the Bible says, it gives utterance. 
and he speaks of on the day of Pentecost uh, when they come on one accord in one place. And the Bible says, and suddenly there was a sound from heaven. And at that sound, it, it appeared, here we hear the, the utterance of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost. And when the Holy Ghost appears, the enemy does not know what you're saying. When the Holy Ghost appears, he does not know what you're saying. He does not understand. It is a way that we can talk to God and God can talk to us. And the enemy has no idea what you're saying. As a result of giving your life to Christ as a, as a, as a, as a and living for him, walking, talking, and his holy faith. Yes, you hear talk about a lot of faith. Yes, but this scripture says, and most holy faith. I have sanctified faith. I have holy, sanctified faith that I can do, I can have, I can be, but most of all, my relationship with Christ, that I walk and talk in the mind, in the spirit realm of God. Because when you leave this earth, the only thing you have when your body goes to God, into the ground, is your relationship with Christ. So we thank God for this word tonight, knowing, amen, that we can live above those things that he's talking about in the scripture. Lasciviousness, sin nature, doing things that are against the will of God. And we can take on the newness of life. And we have taken on the new attitude of God that we now can pray in the Holy Ghost. When you're filled with the Holy Ghost, we take on the nature that we can now talk to God in our heavenly language. And the enemy can't get in. The enemy can't have a peace. The enemy don't know what he's going on because that's a language that God's giving to his believers, his Holy Ghost-filled people, his sanctified, set-apart people. This language, this word is guess, given by the unction of the Holy Ghost. So we do this with ferocity, and we know, the Bible says, and we know that all things to work together for the good. Even in our prayer life, we have to have a time that we have to spend some time just talking to God in that heavenly language that nobody can understand but you and God and God in you. And this is what he's talking about. Again, but ye beloved, building up yourself, Jude saying, on your most holy faith, pray in the Holy Ghost. Thank you. Father, we thank you for the word tonight. And we thank you for the Holy Ghost. We thank you, God. We don't take it robbery at the fact that we 
um, have the Holy Ghost. God, there's many people out there in the world that has not experienced the Holy Spirit. But we thank you, God. We give our time right now to tell you, God, thank you for Holy this Holy Spirit. Thank you for the comforter. Thank you for keeping us and keeping us and holding us. Thank you in the midst of our storms and our trials and everything that we go through. Thank you, God. We thank you, God. Please not let us walk in sin, whether it's omission, submission, demission. God, keep us from sin and, and, and shortfalls. Keep us in a place that we walk and we talk in the mind of you. God, we thank you for the Holy Spirit. God, we thank you, God, for the mind of Christ. We thank you for holding us in the palm of your hand. Thank you, God, even in our tears, God, you're there for us. We thank you in the midst, God, in the midnight hours when we wake up and we don't know what to do. We don't know what to say. All we can say is, God, help us, help us, help us and help our unbelief. God, we thank you, God. We praise you. We adore you, God. We thank you in the Holy Ghost. We thank you for your fresh fire in us. Thank you for the word of God. Thank you, God. Thank you. Didn't have to do it, but you did. But I thank you, God. I praise you, God. I adore you, God. I thank you, God. Oh, God, we come against every spirit not like God. In the name of Jesus, God, if it's us, God, cleanse us from all our righteousness, God. God, we don't want to die and go to hell. We've done all this praying, all this all this giving, all this doing, and and God is witnessing, God, and we still go to hell. God, watch Mm. us from all unrighteousness. Hold us, God. Look, teach us to look in the mirror, God, and see us, God. Mm. Uh, God, see ourselves. See Mm. our sin natures. See when Mm. we got mad. Sin when we did stuff and we didn't even know what we did. God, wash us. God, forgive Forgive us. Sin nature, God. We don't want to be like uh, them. We don't want to be like that church. We don't want to be that more, God. We don't want to be like it, God. In the name of Jesus, God, we don't be like the Jews who just perpetrate God and it's not God. God, wash us, cleanse us, hold us. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, God, for this book, God, because this book lets us know, God. Hallelujah, God. The church, God, in the last days, there will be a great falling away. But, God, don't let us be falling. Mm. Don't keep on the animals. Uh, mm. In the name of Jesus, we need you, God. Uh, God, we can't breathe without you. We can do without money. We can do without clothes. We can do without anything. But, God, we need your glory. We need your power. We need your everlasting Father. We thank you, God, for your blood, your blood, God, your blood, God. We're blood bought and, and blood anointed. We thank you for your DNA. In the name of Jesus, we thank Thank you for your Thank DNA you. in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Hallelujah, Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah, Hallelujah. God. Hallelujah. 
God, we can't make it without you, God. Hallelujah, God. God, we don't do a performance testing, God. All we want is you, God. In the name of Jesus, make a way, God. God, for all of us, God, make a way, God. God, wash our minds, our bodies, and our spirits. Wash us. In the name of Jesus, wash even the Messiah. Even our unbelief, God, wash us. In the name of Jesus, oh God, strengthen us, God, tonight, God. Strengthen us, God. Strengthen us, God. We need your power, God. I have Oh, God, help your church, God. I have God, hurt your church, God. Help your church, God. God, even those preachers, God, you know, that are caught between her opinions, God. Save of God. In the name of Jesus, Evangelists, God, save them, God, and I'm on ticket Prophets, God, save them, God, I'm on ticket Pastors, God, I am on Apostles, God, save them, God, I am on God, your people, God, I'm on God, you say you don't want an animal, You don't want none of them to be lost, God, I'm on In the name of Jesus, God. Yes, In the Lord. name of Jesus, Jesus, Thank Jesus. you, Lord. Thank you. Oh, God. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. God, God, some of these churches, God, I'm on so God, some of them are shut down and some of them are not, God. But I know, God, you're trying to make a way of escape, God, for all of us, God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, God, help us not to be lost, God. In the name of Jesus, God, we pray for our children, God, that not be lost, God, in the name of Jesus. God, let our husbands not be lost, God, in the name of Jesus. Help our grandchildren not to be lost, God, in the name of Jesus. God, let none of our friends not be lost, God, in the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. God, we praise you, God. In the name of Jesus. God, we know it's not of the building, God, but it's just you, God. Mm. Oh, God. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. God, in the name of Hallelujah. Jesus. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. God, our church, God. Mm. God, our church, God. Help our church, God. Mm. Mm. Of all your churches, God. Mm. In the name of Jesus. Mm. In the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. In the name of Jesus. We praise you. Praise you, God. Hallelujah. 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 Our churches, our churches, our churches. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you. God, teach us to continue to pray in the Holy Ghost, God. God, teach us to pray in the Holy Ghost for the people of God. 
God, teach us to pray in the Holy Ghost, God. Father says some things only come by fasting and prayer, God. So God, increase our prayer life, God. God, teach us to pray in the Holy Ghost, God. God, teach us to pray in the Holy Ghost the more, God. God, give us a time, God, where we can just caught up in the Holy Ghost. God, for our people, for our children, for our daughters. In the name of Jesus. Because we know you will soon to come. We don't know the day or the hour, God. But, God, let us be prepared for your coming. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. The church, the, door, the, the line's open now. If anybody wants to say anything. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you. Thank God for the word. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank God for the word on tonight. Hallelujah. Give him all the honor and the glory. His word never changed. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, God. It is so amazing that 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 this guy and was Jesus's half brother, and he really didn't recognize who. Till he had come and done who he was. And it's the, it's the only book in the Bible where he started out reading one thing. But as you read a little further, he began to talk about the church. Because he knew the church had gotten off his face. And the church has to get itself together because God's coming back for his church. And even when you go into the first book of Revelation... It talks about the different kinds of churches and which church had different issues with, the, with how they act and what they did and how they treated people. So God's giving a warning to his church, you know, because it's not about building. It's about relationships. You know, you can have a nice big fine building and still go to hell. Or you can have a storefront or no building but still know Jesus and the pardon of his sin. It just depends on what you want to do and how you choose to worship and how you genuine what you got. Some people not genuine. They put a big front on or they'll lie or they'll lie to the point they don't know whether they're telling the truth. You know, that's called being a reparated mind. You know, so all we can do is pray and continue to preach the gospel as God sees us fit to do it. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Is, is it um, Apostle Erica? Yes, yes, ma'am. Do you want to answer anything before we go? Um. On tonight, we just um, want to say we thank God for. Uh, I think this week, this week, uh, the past two weeks, um, for every 
Now, uh, every action service that we had about, say, for the past three weeks, uh, talks about the church, uh, the ecclesia getting ourselves back in, 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 in Broadway. The whole time, the last, it talked about, you know, because judgment begins at home. Okay? It begins with us, you know. Um, and, and that's the thing is that we realize that that's the reason why the purpose of us to constantly, um, examine ourselves on a daily basis and really go to God constantly. And we thank God for that, you know, as far as, you know, um, rebuking. And, uh, when you mentioned about the fornication, um, people don't realize, uh, now you can commit adultery, uh, against God. Why? Because Jesus said Jesus was, is married to the backslider. So when we're yeah. not spending that time, like you said, with God, or we're not spending time in his word, or we're not putting him first, he becomes neglected, right? And then that what happens is the Holy Spirit begins to grieve. The Holy Spirit screaming because not okay, you're not paying attention. You're not spending time mm-hmm. with me. You ain't spending time in your word. You're tired of everything else. You got everything going on in the kitchen sink. And you're not in perspective. So now the Holy Spirit is grieving now. He's grieving. And when he's grieving, um, we're quenching it. The Holy Ghost. Um, almost as if it's a provoke, you know. So when you do get in trouble, guess what? Um, the Holy, Holy Spirit steps back and watch. And then when you finally yield, he's okay, well, guess what? I'm going to rebuke you right now. I'm going to say you about yourself because you you're not spending no time with me, no type of quality time with me. You're not spending anything with me, and 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 I have a problem with it. You know, so um, when we realize when once you establish that relationship, um, we are married to him. That is our husband, men. Okay, we are married to him. We are married to Christ. So we are married to Christ, and if we're not spending that time. That time, that intimate time, you know, the Holy Spirit gets, in, you know, gets very offended. Just like a, just like a person at the opposite sex, they get offended because you're not spending that time. Okay, so we, you know, in this season, that that's he's taking us back to the old landmark, taking us back to the point that we have to really spend our time with him, uh, and spend not just the word. But like you said, practice what we preach. We can't yeah. say that we, you know, we love God and we're not practicing what we preach. We're not uh, implementing and put it into action. A lot of times preachers put stuff into words, but they're not implementing the action. And that's where he is right now. He wants us to implement the action that comes along with it, you know. So we, uh, we like I said, we thank God for uh, the word on tonight. God bless you. Can I just miss one more thing? Um, yes. You know, we have 24 hours in a day. But again, we have 24 hours in a day. Mm-hmm. And you can't give God 45 minutes every day. If you're reading a scripture, asserting a scripture, or reading a text, or having some quiet time, that's like God 
You're doing everything for me, but I'm not giving you any time, personal. Close-up time. You've got 24 hours a day, and from the time you get up in the morning, you've got your TV going, you're out doing everything else. But the but the but the the God that give us life and and strength all day long to get to the stores, to go to the doctor's office, but you can't give God thirty minutes every day and say, God, this is my shutdown time. If you have to turn your phone off and put it there for thirty minutes and say, This is my time to God or this is my time to to pray, or this is my dedicated moments to him. You can't give God 30 or 40 minutes every single day. That's how we build relationships with God. That's how we can hear his voice more clearer. That's how when things come to us, is because you're in the store and said, I'll get this one. Then I'll say, nope, I'll get that one. Because there's a constant communication level. But like everything else, even in marriage, if you don't communicate and and, and, and relationships take, conversation takes two ways. Not I know nothing, you know everything, or you everything, you know. That's not relationship because that, does, that won't last forever. But when we have a relationship with Christ, we have to yield everything to Him, and we we should not ought to have a have a day that we can't give thirty minutes or a forty five minutes every day to say, "Here, God, this is what I the least I do." And if I get back to you before that, but I did get something. No day should go by that for born-again believers, especially ministers and people that are saying they're filled with the Holy Ghost, should not have any time for God every day. And then he gives you your instructions. He tells you where to go and what to do. He knows how to do it. He makes a way for you because you have given him your priority. My priority is you. And if you don't do nothing, I still said I got my 30 minutes just hearing and laying down before him. And that's how we develop relationships with Christ. And that's that's how you can stay celibate. Now how you can stay um, and in certain things, why? Because the the flesh is no longer in control, but the spirit is. And this, when the spirit's in control, you're not fussing and cussing and carrying on and and getting mad and 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 doing everything because the spirit that's within you now, you says, has the host of heaven in you, is in control. So a day should not go by as believers, as preachers, and people that love God to help other people without we having some quiet time in the morning or have your not quiet time before you go to bed. That's the least we can do. The least, because he cried, Christ himself 
died on a cross for us. And everything, the signs of the times, is here except for Christ coming back. So we know that we're closer than we think. We don't know how close, but I know we're closer than we think. And so the only thing we can do is continue. But I like the scripture because God was teaching them that in the last days, all this stuff, this rudeness, nastiness, sexual immorality, all this thing is coming up again, just like in, in, in Gamar's time. But all we can do is do what we do, which is build our relationship with him and try to win people to Christ by action and by deeds as well. Because tomorrow is not promised. You know, tomorrow is not promised. Only Christ is promised. If we give our lives to him and stay committed. So you can give your life to him, but are you going to stay committed? Okay. That's the key, is to stay committed. And sometimes the hardest thing is just to stay committed. It does, I guess it sounds crazy, but it's true. But, but you know, because the enemy is going to fight you on every hand. But when we love God, when you, you say you can say you love somebody, but if you don't ever spend no time with them, you don't do nothing for them, you don't give them the presence, you don't say, let's go walk on a beach, let's do something together, because time is more important than money. Time is more important than the big car you drive. Time, because time is you're invested in something that you care about. Well, Christ is given us his time. He knows where we are on the universe. He knows exactly where we are. And we owe for that. We owe him his our time because he died on the cross for us. So no matter what happens, I'll be ready to come back and to meet him one day. Amen. Okay. Is there anything else anybody wants to say? Dolores, you want to say anything? You enjoy the message? I just bless the Lord on tonight. I just thank God for his grace and his mercy. I just thank God for the word tonight, and I thank God for your faithfulness. Um, You know, just for doing this truly, it's a blessing, and it's always what we need, you know. The word is just good all by itself. So I just uh, I just thank the Lord. I never I never go through a message without God saying, Where do you want me to go? Mm-hmm. I never just flip up a book. Um because I always ask him, What do you want me to do? Amen. And it's not about money, it's not anything you know, it's whatever God wants me to do. Um because he promised me some things, and I know it's coming to pass, okay? Because when you be faithful in a little thing, God's promised you that he's going to do what he's supposed to do. He wants to do for you um, and stuff. So I'm just going to be faithful and do what he wants me to do. Um, and every now and then, God will tell me this one word, Ephesus, means open door. So I don't know where the open door is, but he promised me. And because he promised me, 
I'm going to be faithful. You know, I have my Amen. little days of the phone and this, that, and other. But I'm hoping I'm going to get a real phone one day. <laughs> but I'm so good. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> okay. Amen. All right, Mr. Possum. <laughs> you go ahead and yeah. do the, the announcements, and then we're going to go out. I wanted to say mm-hmm. something. Oh, oh okay. Maddie. I'm sorry. Um, oh, Maddie, oh, okay. I got you. I didn't know you were here. I'm sorry. Hey, girl. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, I was, I was just, um, just feasting on that word. It is so, so awesome. And how God is working with us. It's, it's just amazing how he loves us like that. And he only corrects and chasing those whom he loves. Yes. So we are loved. So he Mm -hmm. will do that. And we so appreciate it, just hearing that authentic word, because you're hearing a lot of stuff. But when you hear that word that pricks your heart, that word that Mm -hmm. makes you change, because if you can hear it, if if you're not changing, it's not doing you any good. But we want that word that we will put our feet and walk in it, and talk in yeah. it and live in it and let it change us. Are they yeah. say? Let it change us, yeah. God. Let it change yeah. our attitude. Let it change us. Mm-hmm. Father God, when you see us go wrong, wrong road, change us, yeah. God. Bring a change yeah. in our yeah. hearts. Bring a change in our minds. Bring a change, yeah. God. In Ooh. the name of Jesus, that we might be lights in the midst of the darkness. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 My God, my God. All right, girl, you can go on and preach the rest of the day. <laughs> I'll be trying to hold it out. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I, I I always pray and ask God what you want me to do. I don't. I never just take up a message mm-hmm. and just um. I don't want to be nothing. Right. Nobody on TV. You know, some people are on TV. You turn the page, and everybody got the same same word. It might be a different wording, but it's the same thing. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, God. When and but you can know the difference because when it comes, it's a corporate word. And so you know mm-hmm. that it's coming from every direction. Yeah, but I say to what I say to all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to everybody. Yes, yes. And, and God knows we're we're in an area now where we need we need to live right and do right and act yeah. right. Because God's on His way back. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't worry, I worry about no no offer, no this and no that. No, no, no. We need to be saved and we need to live right and act like what God said we're supposed to be doing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Can I say one more thing? Um, The Lord has been reading in the book of Esther. Mm -hmm. Can I? Anyway, I was reading in the book of Esther and about um, Mordecai. And Mm -hmm. it was when Haman was trying to destroy the Jews. And Mordecai put on sackcloth. And Mm -hmm. Esther wanted him to take that off, you know, take those things off. And so the king had said, everybody must bow down to Haman. But but uh, Mordecai, he didn't even care what the king said. He wouldn't do it. And so God is telling us that we better obey God rather than man, no matter That's what right. man is saying. 
was like, Mordecai, he risked his life, and he risked all of other people's lives, too. But he Amen. would not bow down. And God don't want us bowing down in this hour. You're not yes. going to bow down. We're going to do what he says. That's why you have to keep your ear up to the door that mm-hmm. you can hear what he's saying. Mm-hmm. We can turn. Turn yes. aside. Yes. My God. That is so true. He He wants us to listen to him and listen for his words. Right. And stuff like that. So, repeat, thank you for being on the line tonight. Thank you very much. Uh, Miss Apostle Erica, you want to close yep. out? Thank you. Amen. Okay, on tonight. Amen. Blessings on everybody tonight. Starting in a mantle of prayer. Amen. Every Thursday night at 9 p.m. we to stand And we thank God, everybody, for tuning in that are listening live. That is listening live and that's listening on YouTube. Continue to follow us. Amen. On YouTube at ELR, Prophetic Shift Podcast Network. We're on YouTube as well, as well as the 19 platforms that God has opened up the door for us on tonight. Precious Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you on tonight. Amen. As we get ready to leave this edifice, Father, as we begin to decrease, oh God, we thank you. Hallelujah. We thank you, God. My God, we just thank you for your blood on tonight. We just thank you for allowing us just to be in your presence, amen, on tonight. And we just thank God for the opportunity, oh, God, that you gave us an opportunity to worship with you. And we thank you, oh, God, for the impartation of the word, amen, on tonight. And we just thank you for your blessings. Father, we thank you, oh, God, as we stretch out our hands towards, amen, Father, this night on tonight. And we pray for the virtue to flow back into our body, the virtue that impartation that was released into the atmosphere on tonight. We thank you, O oh God, for this opportunity as we get ready to excavate. Father, we thank you for your precious blood, and we just thank you on tonight. And, Lord, we thank you, O oh God, as we begin to rest easy tonight, Father. And we bind up everything that is not like God in the midst of the presence while we are released from this line. And Father, as we as we continue to lead out, Father, may the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit continue to rest of the body in His kingdom forevermore until we meet again. God bless you. Thank you, night. All right, good night, y'all. <laughs>